Hello and welcome to another episode of the Pardev podcast. Today we are talking about biker culture, how we interact with society. And before we go ahead, please do hit subscribe and the bell notification icon so that when we have more podcast episodes and other videos, you get notified automatically. If you like this video, thumbs up for us. And I do implore you this time. I know I say it every single time, but I think this is a critical one. Please do share this video with your friends. And now let's get right into it. Culture. As a word, culture represents how a society operates. What are its conventions? What are its rules? What are the guidelines by which people interact with each other? The things that we do that make us a uniquely identifiable group of people, right? It is for those reasons, it is with those rules and guidelines that you identify a certain person as having an origin in, say, West Bengal or from Maharashtra or from Tamil Nadu. It is with those guidelines that you identify somebody who's Spanish from somebody who's from Portugal. Although those countries are literally, they have a common border. And today we're going to talk about more or less how these guidelines define who we are as bikers, as a group, and why I think that it's not heading to a good place. What you should know before we go any further is, of course, that the term biker culture is already a misrepresented term in, in the social media world, in the public world, because uh, the uh, American biker gang thing has already painted us in a bad light. Originally, the biker gangs weren't as bad as they were made out to be. Uh, and there was the Hollister incident, there was the movies that came out about it, and the representation of the American motorcyclist, the American Harley Davidson riding motorcyclist became uh, big paunches, girls, tattoos, big beards, uh, vests with lots of patches on it, and that's sort of the image that comes into most people's head today when you say the word biker. And it doesn't really apply to us, right? In our country, Harley Davidsons are, what, 12, 14 years old in terms of sales, uh, regular sales. The kind of people who write them are generally CEOs or higher management level kind of people for the larger ones, uh, middle management and a little bit lower than that for the entry level ones, people who are rediscovering motorcycles, having ridden them as, I don't know, college students or something. So if you think about it, <clears throat> the image in your head and the people actually operating that motorcycle are so dramatically different that you should be able to gather that biker culture can not only be severely misrepresented quite easily, it's also detrimental for you as a motorcyclist to be automatically associated with a negative culture. The reason why this is important is that as we ride more and more, for example, we are based out of Pune uh, in Maharashtra, there are lots of good roads in the area and a lot of these roads, motorcyclists in full safety gear are already perceived as a hazard so instead of saying, here is a careful thinking individual who's taking care to protect themselves when they're on a motorcycle, they identify the fact that you have riding gear as a sign that you're going to go racing, right? Now, maybe you're not contributing directly to that cause because you do wear gear, you do take your motorcycle out on Saturday onto these roads and you do ride extremely cautiously, extremely politely, so down to the villages and all of that. But you're getting painted with an extremely large dirty brush, which does have an origin somewhere. At some point on that road, the locals saw people wearing gear like that, doing all kinds of stupid things for so long that they assumed that everybody who does that is that. It's the same reason why down in, I think, in the, on the roads outside Bengaluru, if you're a motorcyclist in riding gear, the police will automatically assume that you're over speeding and all of those things. They will want to look at your exhaust and all of these things. These are all 
the implications of the culture that people are perceiving that we have. What really concerns me even more than this is the fact that a lot of the youngsters, people like you, are getting an idea of what biker culture is like from what you see people doing. And some of the people doing stuff on motorcycles are just stupid. I mean, stupid. They should probably be removed from the gene pool kind of stupid. Let me give examples. India Bike Week, for example, is a fantastic idea. People of like mind coming together at an event, spending the weekend together, talking about the stuff that drives us, the passion that informs our lives, is I think a fantastic thing. It's why you have art shows, you have lit fests, you have uh, motorcycle gatherings. Uh, for example, my favorite idea, uh, <clears throat> my favorite example is the Garmish BMW GS meeting where it's a lot of GSs, the stalls talk to the GS customer, but you don't have to have a GS to attend, you can bring any motorcycle you like. You'll get ribbed about it, they'll joke around about the idea that you've not discovered the legend of the GS yet, whereas everybody else at Garmish has. But there's no barrier in your path that says, because you don't have a GS, you're not welcome to enter. This stratification of motorcyclists is a problem that you face anyway in India. I remember that India Bike Week was an inclusive event. It still is, I think, in design, an inclusive event. But the first India Bike Week, I think 6,000 people spend a lot of time saying, I have a Yamaha, you don't, so you're worse than me. Uh, I have a Royal Enfield, but you only have a Yamaha, you are worse than me. I have a Harley Davidson, you guys are a Royal Enfield and Yamahas, you guys are not even worth talking to. I have a Honda, you have a Harley Davidson, you're an idiot. And this conversation goes in circles because every one of these groups of motorcyclists has forgotten that motorcyclists especially serious motorcyclists, is an extremely small bunch of people and it's literally us against them. It's us against the rest of the world in some ways. We are, uh, we are trying to establish our identity, our importance and we are trying to find a way for, to contribute to society positively while enjoying our passion. And if that is the drive that we are all on, having subdivisions within that is not really helping the larger cause. Luckily for us at PowerDrip, because so many of you watch our work, we are sort of outside the stratification and the fact that, for example, at the first India Bike Week, I had my KTM wasn't a barrier for me because I was larger than the KTM I owned. But a lot of KTM owners went through the event not talking to anybody who didn't have a KTM and that's kind of silly, right? So the first part of motorcycle culture and maybe it's just a time thing because we are new to motorcycles, we are new to premium luxury motorcycles where the passions are more inflamed, uh, where the idea that I am a loyalist for a particular brand is a new idea and it's a very attractive idea and we are subscribing to it. And therefore, you will have people who will say, I will only wear a Ducati or a Harley Davidson or a Honda t-shirt, I will never wear the other brand's t-shirt as a way of expressing their love for a particular brand's ethos and characteristics and what that brand stands for. Fair enough. But at some point you have to remember that the larger t-shirt we are all collectively wearing is the t-shirt of the motorcyclist. The fact that we have a passion which is a very specific passion that has a very specific kind of joy, thrill, lifestyle, etc, etc. And we subscribe to that passion should not become subservient to the idea that I am a Honda fan or I am a Ducati fan or I am a Yamaha fan. This should be at best a flavor underneath the larger river, which is we are all motorcyclists, we are all in this together. That when we go down the road, we all take an enormous amount of risk. It's a risk we manage actively, it's a risk we enjoy taking, not necessarily at the expense of others, although obviously that also does happen, it's an outlier, but it exists. 
but the idea is that we do this activity together and we have to support each other together. For all the uh, Americanism about uh, Harley-Davidson being the ultimate American motorcycle, uh, when you pass a Honda on a Harley-Davidson, he waves at you and you wave back. It's a very polite courtesy to acknowledge the fact that I'm a motorcyclist, you're a motorcyclist, we're in this together. It happens all over Europe and literally almost everywhere we've ridden, including in India in some places, bikers will acknowledge each other with the idea that saying it's us, we're we part of the same community. But you bring a large enough number of people in, it suddenly no longer is that inclusive. It's, a, it's, it's very disturbing for me. The second part of biker culture which really, really bothers me is what do the youngsters like you perceive as motorcycle culture? The most common place to see motorcycle culture is on your social media and your television, whatever. And the other place to see it, obviously, is an event like India Bike Week, which you may not attend regularly, so you don't know what else happens there. So you sort of see a snapshot of it as you pass through the event. And I'm saying India Bike Week simply because it's the most identifiable example. There are other motorcycle festivals that happen as well. And which is the largest one is not critical to the story, but what happens in the festival more or less the same thing, right? So most of these festivals will generally have a loudest bike contest. Is it crucial that you have the largest bike or is it a goal that you should really be aspiring towards? I can understand a nice sounding motorcycle. I can understand the idea of a motorcycle with a great evocative exhaust that you love listening to as you ride down the road. Uh, I can understand the idea that a motorcycle that doesn't make a great sound is not as evocative an experience. But since when did the ability to turn up the volume on the motorcycle become an asset to the motorcycle? Because Remember, for every one motorcyclist, there's, this, I don't know, 10,000 people who are non-motorcyclists. And to them, it's like some idiot making a lot of noise. You have your own little world. You enjoy your exhaust. But when it starts to intrude on other people's worlds, you're no longer welcome. The other thing that we see, and I don't know, we've made a million jokes about it, is the idea that if I have to go to a motorcycle festival, then I must rev my motorcycle to the red line in idle. Well, first of all, a monkey could do that. It requires absolutely no skill at all. And it does require a phenomenal amount of mechanical sympathy being absent from your world. Because the only thing that is happening is 25 motorcyclists are looking at you saying, oh my God, what an idiot, he's ruining his motorcycle. <clears throat> 30 bikers are looking at you saying, wow, listen to that sound. And there's one motorcycle engine that is slowly being ruined. And that's the one that belongs to you if you're the one who's revving the motorcycle out to the red line at idle. Because honestly, what purpose does it serve? It just makes a noise. But when you come to India Bike Week for the first time, and you've been riding a relatively small motorcycle like a KTM or something, and you see these big multi-cylinder motorcycles, and they're all being revved out like that, that becomes your reference point for what culture is. And I'm telling you, it's the worst reference point for culture you can possibly have. And in that sense, there's another motorcycle event that I attended called the Motorcycle Travelers Meet a few times, which is a completely different side of motorcycling because it's a serious event. It's so serious that what motorcycle you brought to the event is not important. The motorcycle is actually left outside the event because by being there, you've already established the idea that you are a serious motorcyclist. So whether you have an Akrapovich or not, how many cylinders your motorcycle has, what is the size of the rear tire you're using, doesn't matter. The guy on the X-Pulse is as serious a rider as the guy on the Hayabusa, as serious as the guy on the Tiger, as serious as the guy on the Street Fighter. It doesn't matter. The motorcycle is not a reason to discover who is a more serious motorcyclist. Everybody at the Motorcycle Travelers Meet 
is a serious rider. That's why they're there. And therefore, the content of the culture that we share with this group of motorcyclists is dramatically different from something like India Bike Week. It's different because here the topic of discussion is how do I ride this motorcycle better? How do I use what the manufacturer has built into the motorcycle more, better, to make me faster, to make me safer, to make me more efficient? The topic of the discussion is where do I go with my motorcycle? What are the amazing places you've been to? And tell me information about those places which I can use to go to those amazing places and have a great experience on my motorcycle now. So if I have to go to Bhutan or Myanmar or go further down through Myanmar into Thailand, Cambodia and all of these things, what will the border crossings entail so that I can continue to ride my motorcycle? It's not about sticking a GoPro on your camera. It's about once the GoPro has footage on it, how do I turn it into a watchable film that either has lots of information content or a lot of visual storytelling content or both? It's a much more serious evolved group of motorcyclists. Unfortunately, because of the design of the event, MTM is a much smaller event, so I get to see that part of the culture and it'll take you a while before you enter that event and see that side of the culture. What I'm afraid of is that you will think that is the entire sum of what motorcycle culture represents. Internally to other motorcyclists is not always a good thing. Externally to non-motorcyclists is just the worst thing ever. The reason why this is important is that as much as motorcyclists are represented as being rebels or anti-establishment or being outside the norm, we still have to live in the same society. Back in the day, uh, especially in the post-war phases in places like Italy, uh, in America and all of that, uh, the soldiers who came back from the wars, they had a little bit of income, but they were sort of unhinged from society because they'd been in a very, very traumatic situation and they were trying to recover mentally, physically, psychologically from that situation. The combination led them to be genuinely rebelling and anti-establishment. They were outside the bounds of normal society. And by that, I mean, they didn't really have houses and wives and kids and all of that, although that also did happen. So their lifestyle was definitely and genuinely something that was a little bit further out there. But today's motorcyclists, by and large, have jobs, they have regular salaries, the guys in college get pocket money from their parents. These are regular, everyday, vanilla-flavored human beings who discover that they are a lot more than just vanilla. They are a little bit more butterscotch or strawberry because they have motorcycles in their lives, because they are able to connect with other motorcyclists using those motorcycles sort of like a gate pass. And it enriches their lives in ways that a more vanilla, regular, 9 to 5 human being would not be able to do unless they discovered another passion. And if they discovered a passion, if all of them discovered a passion, I think this world would be a larger place. It would be a more vibrant place because it's not important that every human being loves motorcycles. It is important that every human being has a passion that drives them to do better things with their lives. And as I'm fond of saying, whether it is stamp collecting, coin collecting, nuclear fusion, it doesn't matter. If you're passionate about it, if you chase it down, if you learn more about it, if you share with friends who have similar interests, your world will grow, it will become more vibrant. And motorcycling is, to me, the most powerful way that I express this, that you express this. This group of people, you on the other side of the screen and me on this side, we all express our passion through motorcycles. But I'm sure that similarly driven communities for all kinds of other special interests also exist. But in general, if you think about a stamp collection type of person, a guy who's into philately and uh, he has a lot of friends who are into the same passion, do you automatically classify them as bad, evil, noisy, 
disruptive, uh, likely to get into a fight. Uh, no, right? But motorcyclists regularly get pigeonholed into that idea. And what I wanted to say to you in this podcast is that if you consider the idea that motorcyclists are anti-establishment as a given, the establishment that you should be rebelling against now is the current idea of what biker culture is. It's not chai pakoda rides. It's not alcohol and pegs in your side panniers. It's not revving the tits of your motorcycle at the first opportunity you get when there's five bikers around. It's not pulling stunts every single time there are more than three people in gear visible to you. It's not trying to show the big bike guy that your small bike goes faster through traffic. None of these are correct representations of what a thinking motorcyclist would do. Because a thinking motorcyclist would do exactly what normal human beings would do. They would have empathy, they would have patience, they would be courteous and they would be cautious about not crossing over into other people's space. How do you express that? Empathy is simply the idea that I understand that you have certain requirements and I will try to accommodate that requirement as much as possible within reason. How do you express this? I would walk my motorcycle out of my house 300 meters away from the building before I would start it up because I thought my RD350 was really loud. When I leave at 3am, 4am on the Multistrada, which is a very, very loud motorcycle, my only saving grace currently where I live in Pune is that my building doesn't have too many occupants. I am, I think, one of 18 or 19 people in a block of almost 50 flats. So when I wake that thing up early in the morning, I'm not waking everybody up. But even then, that's the one time that I don't let it idle and warm up and then ride out. If I'm riding out at 3am in the morning, I start the motorcycle. It's the last thing I do. And I'd rather ride very slowly until it warms up then have it idle there for five minutes or eight minutes while I put on all my gear and then leave. It's just basic, simple empathy and courtesy. The same thing extends to etiquette and the idea that am I intruding into somebody else's space? When you're out on the highway doing 100, 150 kilometers an hour, whatever it is, maybe you're not a risk to anyone, especially if there's no traffic around you. But as soon as you see a sign for a village coming up, it's their space that you're going to pass through. And whatever you do next reflects on all of us as motorcyclists. So you have to be super cautious about what happens next. And you're on a motorcycle is one of the fastest accelerating modes of transport available to man at all levels from 100 to 1200 cc, right? So if you were to back off through the village, you'd be back on the pace so fast, that'd be okay. And I think if you were to be able to cruise at 100 kmph constantly for hours together, you'd just get bored. The idea that I have to slow down for the village, be extremely cautious about people, come out the other side safely, having made no enemies, get back on the throttle and accelerating back up to speed is actually more fun than just cruising through. Then there is the idea of being inclusive. When we behave like we are outside society, we are also putting up a barrier for other people to enter and become part of our world. Wouldn't you like it if there were more like-minded motorcyclists for you to deal with? The moment you behave like a substrata of society, you identify yourself as not those people and therefore some of those people will never approach the idea saying I could be like that guy because they're no longer looking up to you. Okay, so this has become a long preachy thing so I don't want to continue on this idea but I want you to, as a youngster watching this podcast, I want you to think very very carefully about who you are as a motorcyclist 
and who do you represent as motorcycling as a whole as you're going down the road and if you're riding a Hayabusa in slippers and shorts you're representing a certain kind of motorcyclist if you're riding a motorcycle in full gear but you won't slow down for anywhere and anything you represent a certain kind of motorcyclist and if you do everything well you'll discover you'd reach the destination that you set out for at the same time as all of these other kinds of motorcyclists are faster having made no enemies at all and is that the kind of motorcyclist you are this is important to me because as motorcycling as a culture grows in India what this group of people do as a whole will be very very important to determine what happens to us next to give you an example there are roads in Austria I think France now where they've already banned motorcycles from coming up on Saturdays and Sundays to ride there because they make too much noise they make too much of a mess there are too many crashes and the police simply do not want to deal with that anymore there are flyovers in Bombay where two wheelers are no longer allowed because some idiot went and had a crash and then another idiot and a third idiot and a fourth idiot had a crash and at the end there were so many motorcycle crashes that instead of allowing the flyover to allow motorcycles to get from one end to the other really rapidly the police thought it was a simpler idea to just ban motorcyclists from the flyover so the car guys get to use it the bus guys get to use it and all of us are underneath the flyover dealing with the mess it's a problem of culture and that's the thought I want to leave you with we all love motorcycles we express our passion through our motorcycles we love going out on rides but every time you do your helmet up I would like you to take a moment to think about who are you going to be as a person today? It's something that you already do. When you're preparing for a job interview, you do think about who are you going to represent yourself as today. When you go to meet the parents of the girl you're about to marry or the other way around, you do take a moment to think about who you're going to represent yourself as a person today. And you know that has implications on what kind of family you come from, what kind of person you are and what kind of prospects you have. The same idea applies to riding motorcycles as well. And I'd like you to take it a little bit more seriously if you can because in the big picture it will add up and it will make all of our lives easier. It will make all of our motorcycling better. Thank you so much for watching. This is the part of podcast. Every single time we do this we discuss an idea about motorcycling. Sometimes more abstract, sometimes less abstract. But it's always about how do we make our motorcycle world better. And I hope this strikes a chord with you because I do think that this is going to escalate to a point where our motorcycle culture will be at such odds with society that we will be persecuted for being motorcyclists for no other reason at all. Thank you so much for watching. Leave us a comment. You might have a complete difference of opinion from where I think this is coming from. Let's discuss that. Like I like to say, the whole point of motorcycle culture is that you and I are on the same side. And therefore, if you have a disagreement with me, we should be able to discuss it out rather than fight it out. Thank you so much for watching. Please do share this video with your friends. Give us a thumbs up if you liked it. Subscribe and the bell notification icon ensure that when the next podcast comes out, you get notified automatically. All the old podcast episodes are in a playlist at youtube.com slash powerdrift. And they're also available in most of the popular audio broadcast platforms. Thank you so much for watching.